Welcome to uh, Live Free Church. It's so great to see uh, so many of you out today uh, and some new faces too. Uh, my name is David, if, uh, if we've never met before. I'm on staff here at Live Free. Uh, welcome here. We are in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, we are in chapter 5, which has been uh, an interesting chapter. Uh, we've been going through the Gospel of Mark the last little while, um, and we've seen Jesus doing lots of different things. We've seen him showing his authority in ways of of expressing his power by doing miracles, by teachings, um, exorcisms, and even healings. Um, Chapter 5 is interesting because it shows in multiple ways that Jesus is victorious. We saw last week, uh, if you were here, that he is victorious over the demonic that he has power to cast them out of people, that they submit to him, and, and that they know that he is the Son of God. This week, we're, we're looking at, at Jesus being victorious over sickness and over death. Um, so we're going to be looking at an interesting story. And as I was um, preparing this week, I got thinking about this idea of faith. And as we go through life, especially uh, in the uncertainties around us, um, in our world, we're all sort of on this journey of faith. And I would say a lot of us in this room are on different stages of our faith. Some of you have weathered storms and, and hardships in your life, and, and yet you have a deep confidence in Christ. You might echo the words of Martin Luther who said, Faith is a living, bold trust in God's grace, so certain of God's favor that you would risk death a thousand times to trust it. Others of you might be on the other end of the spectrum, and you're asking, what what is faith? Is Jesus who he says he is? Can Jesus be trusted? Does he have authority? Does he actually have authority over the demonic or sickness or even death? Do miracles happen? Can they still happen? And maybe some of you are in the middle. And, and maybe you, you believe Jesus, but you're frustrated or you're, you're discouraged. Like, why hasn't God intervened in my situation? Why don't I see God working in my life how I want him to be? Why am I struggling? Why is there so much pain and brokenness and suffering all around us? And maybe in a lot of ways you feel like giving up faith. My hope is that this passage today would help you to wrestle through some of those questions. Um, Faith is something that we are called to as Christians. Faith is something that um, simply means, biblical faith, complete trust and confidence in God. And so there's two questions I want to ask you today, and I want you to think about them as we go through the passage. Do you have complete trust and confidence in in Jesus today? And two, do you believe he is victorious over sickness and over death? If you have a Bible, uh, you can open up to Mark chapter 5. We're going to be in a pretty lengthy um, passage. We're going to start at verse 21 and go to 43. Uh, But because this is a very long passage, I'm going to stop in three chunks and just sort of briefly explain so that we're all on the same page. And then we'll spend some time figuring out what God wants us to see. So let's pray, and then we'll get into the passage. Father, thank you that we can come, we can worship here, and uh, and glorify your name. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would feel, that you would fill us, and that we would hear your voice today. Would you speak to us through your word, or would you change our hearts and soften our hearts? I pray this in your name. Amen. 
So if you have a Bible, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and he saw Jesus. He fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And so Jesus went with him. We're going to stop there for a second. We meet a guy named Jairus. Now, Jairus was a synagogue leader, he, uh, which a synagogue um, is basically where the Jewish congregations would meet to worship, kind of like a church. So Jairus would go, um, he was a devoted man of God, probably of social importance, uh, probably a figure of wealth. But notice that he's in distress. His little daughter is 12 years old that we find out later and is at the point of death. And we're not talking just sick. We're talking that she's about to die unless a miracle happens, unless someone intervenes. So Jairus is, he's desperate. He falls at the feet of Jesus and pleads to Jesus to come and save his daughter. And so Jesus agrees, and they start going towards Jairus' home. We'll pick up in verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him. He turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from suffering. Some of you might be confused. What happened to Jairus? We're talking about someone totally different now. This is intentional. Uh, this is John Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark, is, is taking a minute to, to show a different story. There's another crisis on the way to Jairus' house. And it's a woman who's been suffering for 12 years, it says. It says that she suffered a great deal, even under doctors. In other words, she exhausted every means possible to get better, and yet she didn't. And it says that she even got worse. She's at the end of herself, and she is in desperate need of a miracle. So we meet two characters that are in desperate need of Jesus. So what does she think to herself? Oh, if I just touch the garment of Jesus in faith, I will be healed. And so she does. And immediately she is healed. Jesus notices that power goes out from him, and so he stops the crowd. Who touched me? And basically the disciples are saying, who isn't touching you? The crowd is all around you. There's lots of people touching you. But then we see that this woman falls at his feet and Jesus asks her to explain. He says, tell the whole truth. In other words, tell me your story. And after she does, Jesus says these beautiful words, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And so she is healed in faith. We'll pick up in verse 35 now. While Jesus was still speaking, 
Some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he he took the child's father and the mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this. He told them to give her something to eat. That's our passage for today. So we come back to Jairus' story. And for a moment, we see that Jairus loses all hope when he hears that his daughter has actually passed away on the way to his house. But Jesus says to him, don't be afraid, just believe. And what we see is that that Jesus arrives at Jairus' house and miraculously heals this girl. Now, I have a few observations that I want us to look at today. It's three. First, the circumstances bring about faith. Second is that God directs our faith. And third is how the gospel redeems our faith. So first, circumstances bring about faith. There's two people in this story who had circumstances that required faith. Jairus had a daughter who needed to be healed. The woman who's bleeding for 12 years also needed to be healed. At some point in our life, we're going to go through a crisis. We're going to go through something hard. And it might look different than the two characters we saw in this story, but it could be health. It could be the loss of someone close to you. It could be circumstances in your life that are just out of your control. It could be pain or suffering that you're going through something. I think we're all going to go through something in our life. And so the question is, when you go through a crisis, when you go through something hard in your life, who do you turn to first? I think one of the things we can often relate to, um, especially in this passage, is that sometimes we don't often go to Jesus first. Jesus is not supposed to be the last resort. Instead, he's supposed to be the first person that we go to in a crisis. But what holds us back? I think there's, there's two things. First, it's pride, and second, fear. Pride says that when I'm going through something, I can fix it myself. I don't need anyone else's help to, to fix me. Fear, on the other hand, is what if I go to Jesus and he doesn't heal me? Or what if he doesn't accept me, especially if he knew the things that I've done? Or how can Jesus even have the power to heal this situation? What I want you to see in this passage is that Jesus shows his authority over sickness and over death, which is incredible. But yet, I think he shows us what he's more concerned about, which is your faith in him as the actual solution. Which leads me to my second thing is that God directs our faith. Here's what you need to know about God. He knows exactly what you need. 
And often when we go to Jesus for help, you might, as, as one commentary I read said, you might get more than you expected. And here's what that means. Take Jairus for a moment. What did he want? He, he wanted his daughter to be healed before she died. He believed, though, that Jesus could do that only if he got there soon enough. The problem is on the way, as Jesus stopped to heal this other woman, he got word that his daughter had passed away. And I could imagine in that moment that all hope was lost. And I could imagine he'd even be a bit frustrated with Jesus that he didn't get there soon enough because his hope was in Jesus getting there in time. And then you add on top of that his friends saying, don't even bother Jesus anymore. Hope is lost. But here's the thing is hope is never lost with Jesus. And so Jesus responded to Jairus. He said, do not be afraid, just believe. Some of you might be in circumstances that seem hopeless or that there's no possible solution to your problem, but I'm confident that Jesus always has a solution. But it might be different than what you think. Our call as Christians is do not be afraid, believe. Trust that Jesus is in control. Have faith in Jesus that he knows the situation. He knows what's happening. And be confident that his timing is always perfect. Notice that Jesus is never in a rush. Everything we've seen in Mark, um, Jesus has walked to. And I think they say the average walking speed is two miles per hour. So we follow a God who's walking two miles per hour everywhere. He's never in a rush. And in a fast-paced world, that can be really tough for us, I think, to grasp. We always want things immediately. When I order a package on Amazon, I want it to be here the next day. I couldn't imagine Jairus, whose daughter is dying, and Jesus is standing around listening to the story of someone else. If anyone is in a rush to get somewhere, it's Jairus. But remember, God directs our faith. Jesus knows the situation. He says, trust me. And in doing so, what we see is that Jairus actually receives more than he could have imagined or even asked for. Instead of his daughter being healed, she's resurrected. Only God can do that. Only God can resurrect someone from the dead. Jairus thought that Jesus making it on time would have saved his daughter. Instead, Jesus shows that he has victory over death. Jesus is showing even in the face of death Your solution is to have faith in Jesus. Your call as Christians is not to tell Jesus the solution. Your call as Christians is to have faith that Jesus is the solution. Jesus directed Jairus' faith to trust Jesus. And is Jesus always going to resurrect someone from the dead? No. But he did it to, um, especially in this, this time, to show his authority, that he is the Son of God that we can be confident in him to not be afraid, but to believe, to know that he is in control of our situations. And it was so much different than Jarius thought. God may be using your situation to say, trust me, do not be afraid. And maybe those are the words that you need to hear today is, trust me, do not be afraid, believe, 
Don't have faith in what you think is the solution. Have faith in the person of Jesus who has a solution and is the solution. Now let's take the other character in the story. The woman who had bled for 12 years, had spent all her money on doctors and help, but only ended up getting worse. What did she want? She wanted to be healed. She believed if she could just touch the garment of Jesus that she would be healed. She also just wanted to, to touch and run. She wanted to, to touch his garment, be healed, and move on with her life. But notice that Jesus actually forces her to go public. And, and think about it. There's a whole crowd around. That would be a very intimidating thing to have to explain yourself. So why does Jesus make her go public in front of everybody? Why does he get her to explain the whole truth, her story? Because Jesus knew exactly what she needed. She thought it was the touch that healed her. But Jesus does two things. He clarifies. He says, daughter, your faith has saved you. He clarifies the circumstances. It wasn't the touch. It was the faith in Jesus that healed her. But he adds on to that. He says, and he actually affirms a relationship with her. He says, daughter, she's given an identity. You belong. Your faith has brought you into an eternal relationship with Christ that far exceeds any physical healing. So it's not just physical. Your healing was spiritual and eternal. The woman got more than what she thought, more than what she anticipated or was even looking for. She thought she was getting healing, but instead came out with a relationship. All while Jesus was showing his victory over sickness and over death. So how does the gospel then redeem our faith? Um, what I love about Jesus is that even when we don't get it, he has patience for us. I think about these two characters. They thought they knew what they needed, but Jesus showed them what they needed. And what is our greatest need? It's Jesus. Why? Because he's the only one that's victorious. He shows us in this chapter that he's victorious over the demonic that we saw last week. He's victorious over sickness and over death. And what we see is that he reaffirms that all the time. He reaffirms it at the cross where he says the death won't keep him in the ground. And at the resurrection, he actually shows that he defeated death. And even more than that, he defeats all of our enemies so that we can have a relationship. And when we have hope as Christians that our relationship with him has been secured, that our future is with him, then we will be resurrected with him. And that is why the relationship matters so much to Jesus in this story. In the relationship, we will be forgiven of sin. In the relationship, we will be given an identity as sons and daughters like that woman. We will be made new in heaven. One day, we will be having new bodies and, and we'll be free from pain and, and suffering and sickness. We will be fully healed and there's times where God might temporarily heal us on earth, but our ultimate healing that we need is in our souls, and it's going to be in our bodies found in eternity. But what does Jesus ask of us? He says, do not be afraid, believe. 
my life is falling apart. No, do not be afraid, believe. But you don't know the crisis that is going on in my life. Do not be afraid, believe. You don't know the suffering and the pain that I've endured. Do not be afraid, believe. Why? Because Jesus does know. He does know what it's like to go through a world where there's pain and suffering and brokenness. He knows what it's like to lose someone close to him, a friend. He knows what it's like to be rejected, ridiculed. But we also know that this suffering and this pain is temporary. Jesus is coming back for you. He's gone to prepare a place for you. You will be resurrected with him in heaven. But what is the call? Do not be afraid. Believe. Have faith, trust, and be confident because the Lord is victorious. Now I want to come back to this question that I asked at the beginning. Because we see actually in this passage two miracles happen. And so the question is, do you believe that miracles still happen today? And uh, the answer is yes, because Jesus is alive. But it might look different than what you've seen, maybe on TV or somewhere else, We've all seen a miracle. If you have seen someone give their life to Jesus, you've seen a miracle. It is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit who calls a sinner to surrender to Jesus. And that is why we pray for our unchurched friends. That's why we pray for our unchurched family or Kelowna or our nation. We're praying that Jesus would do a miracle in someone's heart. If you are a Christian, you are living proof of a miracle. So have faith that Jesus is who he says he is. He's victorious. He is a miracle worker. Our call as Christians is to trust Jesus even in the face of some of the toughest times of your life. So then what does faith look like for the church? I was uh, was reading an article this week by a pastor in Ukraine. In the face of war, he chose to stay and lead his church. And it is amazing to see that his faith is in the person of Jesus, not in the circumstance. And in doing so, he can be the church to a hurting nation. And this is what he said. This is a direct quote. And while the church may not fight like the nation, we still believe we have a role to play in the struggle. We will shelter the weak, serve the suffering, mend the broken. And as we do, we offer the unshakable hope of Christ and his gospel. While we may feel helpless in such face of such a crisis, we can pray like Esther. Ukraine is not God's covenant people, but like Israel, our hope is that the Lord will remove the danger as he did for his ancient people. And as we stay, we pray the church in Ukraine will faithfully trust the Lord and serve our neighbors. That is the writing of someone who has faith in Jesus. When we have faith, we can offer hope. And I bet Jairus, after his encounter with Jesus, even though he's told not to tell anybody, I bet you he told everybody. I bet the woman who who bled for 12 years and had an encounter with Jesus where she was given a new identity, where she was healed, not only of her physical healing, but eternal healing, I bet you she told everybody about the hope of Jesus. When we have faith and confidence in the Lord, it becomes evangelistic. It offers hope to the hopeless. Why is this pastor staying to lead a church in Ukraine? 
instead of fleeing because he has faith in a person, not in a situation around him. And that's what's going to offer hope to people. At this time, I'll ask the band to come back up. There's two questions I asked at the beginning. Is Do you have complete trust and confidence in the Lord today? He is the only hope you're going to have in times of crisis, in times of hardships in your life. And if, if you're on the fence about faith, would you talk to someone about it? Would you ask questions? Take someone out for a coffee and just talk about it. Ask why. And the second question was, do you believe he is victorious over sickness and over death? This passage proves it, and then again, the cross affirms it. He is worthy of our faith. He is worthy of our confidence and trust as Christians. So today, would you worship God with gratitude and thanksgiving? Look to Jesus, trust Jesus, have faith in Jesus. He is our only hope. He is victorious over sickness and over death. And let's pray and then we will worship him. Father, thank you that you over and over again showed us your authority over, over um, sickness and ultimately death. I pray you would strengthen our faith that as we go through our week and even ultimately our life, that you would be our confidence, our hope, our healer. Thank you that you've pursued us, that you've called us sons and daughters. You've given us an identity, an eternal identity. And ultimately, you purchased our freedom on the cross so that we could be in an eternal relationship with you. Would you hear our praise and be glorified in our worship today? We lift this up to you. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.